This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DTC pod. I'm your host, Jay, joined with Ramon. And today we have a very special guest with us, Chuck Melber from Nomad. Chuck is the director of marketing at Nomad. And Nomad is a brand that helps bring simple solutions to simple problems. Chuck, super excited to have you on here. I know what actually piqued our interest in wanting to talk to you is your email marketing strategy, which is absolutely crushing it. So super excited to dive into that today. We covered text message marketing in a previous episode as well. So super excited to dive into the email side of things now. But before we dive into the topic, Chuck, I want to turn it over to you. If you can kind of give an intro about yourself and tell us maybe a little bit more about Nomad and what you guys do over there. Yeah, for sure. First, thanks you guys so much for having me on the podcast. I'm stoked to be here today. I love chatting about marketing with just about anybody. So the fact that I can share my ideas and spitball a little bit of stuff with you guys is is awesome. So thank you. A little about me. I'm Chuck. I'm marketing director at Nomad, as you said. Nomad's been around for eight years now. We first launched on Kickstarter with a super simple little credit card shape and size charging cable for iPhone back in the, the 30 pin iPhone charger days. Um, so yeah, we, we launched on Kickstarter eight years ago. We've done, we did a second Indiegogo project about a year after that. And ever since then, we've just been kind of off to the races, trying to come up with cool solutions for everyday nomads, you know, from charging to cases to Apple watch straps and everything in between. When I first joined the company, I, I was handling basically everything marketing and PR related. So from email and press about getting articles going to handling the email marketing to Facebook advertising, social content, influencer marketing, et cetera, et cetera. That was all my very busy plate. <laughs> Since then, the team has grown quite a bit. So I have a handful of other people helping me out with all these different projects now. But email is something that's very near and dear to my heart. So I still manage that on a day-to-day basis, but I have a, a kick-ass graphic designer that's helped me out with all the actual email content. Yeah, that's great that email is such a big part. I feel like a lot of you know e-commerce companies do use email as one of their primary channels to fuel growth. And obviously, text is starting to come in there as well. But email is still the primary channel over there between the two. So I want to talk a little bit about your email marketing success. Like, obviously, you know, you mentioned you guys do influencer marketing, you guys have paid ads as well. Like how big of a chunk is email to your success? Email roughly can be attributed to like 20% of the e-commerce revenue. It's big. Email is definitely not, not something to shake a stick at. I've always found it very interesting as a consumer as well as a marketer to look at how different companies approach email marketing from a corporate kind of templatized standpoint to a the mom and pop shop standpoint and, and then more specifically to the direct-to-consumer content like we do at Nomad. But yeah, generally speaking, you know, we're sending well over a million emails a month and it, it's a big part of our marketing puzzle here at Nomad for sure. Yeah, I assume that's 20% of total revenue, but I bet it's a bigger chunk of the pie when you talk about retention, right? Like uh, deliverability is so important, even like, you know, that customer success. Well, it could have just been deliverability if companies don't take enough time to dig into that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, for retention, it's a big, it's super important. We use Klaviyo for our email marketing solution and they have a really cool predictive AI type tool built into their platform where they can basically look at your user data and 
theorize when people are going to place their next order so you can preempt that with a incentive of some sort. We've been doing that for about a year now and it's been, it's been fantastic. That's awesome. So I know you guys have really high open rates. Do you say that that's like contributing to your success or what other things are you guys doing that's really contributing? I think I read somewhere that you guys have 40% open rates or higher even on some of these emails. So what's, what's like the secret sauce there? Yeah. So open rates are definitely very high for us. You know, it ranges anywhere from like 30-ish on the low end to 65 on the high, 70 on the high. So we'll say 40 kind of in the middle there. But having a high open rate is, I guess let's take a step back. The reason we have such a high open rate, I believe, is we take a very aggressive approach to list cleansing. And that's weeding out people that aren't interested in our content before they have a chance to unsubscribe or mark us as spam or something like that. So the way we do that is we basically... As soon as someone gets added to our email list, they have about 100 days, 120 days to engage with their content. If they don't engage with their content at all in that duration, we push them off the list. A little bit of a scary thing to think about doing, you know, especially if you're new to email marketing, it's like you want as many contacts as you can get, right? And it was definitely scary for me to start doing that back in the day. I was like, you know, I was reading about it and seeing that that's the suggested best practice at the time. I was like, okay, let's try this, I guess. But in doing so, it's definitely driven up our open rate because we're only sending emails now to people that are actually interested in Nomad content, which has a you know, trickle-down effect of then the ESPs, G- the Gmails, the Yahoos of the world are seeing, hey, look, all these people are really interested in this content that's coming from nomadgoods.com. Let's make sure it's in their primary inbox. Let's not put it in the promotions inbox or in the spam folder or anywhere else. Let's make sure it's, there, it's getting in front of their eyes. Which in turn, you know, and higher open rate gives you more people clicking through to the site and more people converting at the end of the day. We do that here, right, Tay? Yeah, we do. We also clean our list as well. So we have a period in there. Ours is 90 days, actually, of no interaction. So we also try and keep our list pretty clean as well. And I know a lot of people, it is, like you said, scary for people to want to take people off the list. But it is important because obviously, if they're not reading your emails, it, it makes no sense to send them to them. You're kind of just wasting your time and energy and ultimately hurting your deliverability score over there, which is really big for email. I would appreciate more brands doing that that are in my inbox, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story to dive into there. But I know you mentioned that you send like about a million emails. Is that what you said, right? Yeah, ish. You know, during the holidays, of course, it's, it spikes a bit higher. But on average, we're anywhere from like one to 1.2 million per month. That's a pretty big number. So how does that relate to your to your audience size? Like what kind of like frequency are you doing over there? Like what's the content that's in that email? Because I'm assuming like, you know, if you're so close to the ground for trying to make sure to drive that higher open rate and higher click through rate, that I'm sure that, that the content you guys are putting together is really working. So I'd love to just dive into that and kind of get a little bit more of an in-depth look at that, what you guys are doing there. So there's two types of emails we're sending. There's like the evergreen flows. Those are like cart abandonment, browse abandonment, post-purchase, all that kind of stuff. And then there's the campaigns that we're running. Campaigns are like, you know, one-off emails, product launches or flash sales, that kind of stuff. We run a campaign more or less every seven to 10 days. And that content lately for us has been very product uh, launch heavy, just because we have a ton of new SKUs coming out this time of year. But in leaner months or quieter months, I should say, like the spring and summer, it tends to be a lot more branding focused and lifestyle focused. So cool topics we'll touch on there are like introductions to the team. We'll take four or five of the Nomad team 
you know, throw their headshot in there, a little blurb about who they are, what they do, what their favorite activities are, that kind of stuff. Emails that are interesting to read and provide the the user with a little bit of background into Nomad, I think is really helpful. It puts a face to the name more than just some corporate entity, which we, we don't want to be misconstrued as because that's not us. We're, we're a bunch of fun-loving, outdoor adventure-seeking enthusiasts, you know? As far as product or like email design goes, it's extremely important for us to have well-designed, well-manicured emails. Like I said, we have a fantastic graphic designer, Ali in-house, who's working every day on all of our email content and social content. And having that done in-house, it gives us a lot of continuity from one email to the next. The branding is very, like, people basically know what to expect. Like, oh, it's a Nomad email. I know it's going to look good. It's either going to be a product launch, a flash sale, or some really interesting, fun branding, lifestyle type content. That helps drive the higher open rate, for sure, having that, that continuity and that excitement behind the content we're putting out. Almost all of our emails are designed first, so it's a lot of a lot of JPEGs getting loaded into the Klaviyo WYSIWYG editor. You know, of course, we're tagging everything and, and all that kind of stuff, but the vast majority of our emails are design-focused. Despite that, we're still seeing the high open rates. That said, we do lean on very simple text-based emails on occasion when it makes sense to be a more personalized note so rather than like a, like a product launch, you want to show off pictures of it. You want to really put the product first, but maybe you're following up about the product launch a week or two later with people that didn't convert, but maybe open the first email. In that instance, it's, it, it's fun and it's kind of cool to do a text-based email. that's just like a, a letter from our graphic designer, not a graphic designer, a letter from like our design director or a letter from the product team. We try not to do that too frequently, but it's something that fits into the marketing, email marketing game plan in a nice way to help augment the design-focused content, as well as provide our users with a little bit more of a personal touch. Interesting. So you mentioned that, you know, you guys obviously mix in the text-based email. So when you started, and you said you've been here at Nomad for a really long time as well, when you guys started doing email marketing and really just maybe even just more so ramping it up, how much of it was design-focused and how did you build that high sender score to push it from instead of landing in promotions to that primary inbox? I'm definitely not a graphic designer, but when I first started, I took a stab at it and we would send out emails maybe once every four to six weeks. At that time, we had like a very small product list. We didn't really know what we were doing on the email marketing front yet. So it was, it was pretty quiet, which probably hurt all of our email metrics by not sending any with any sort of frequency. But at first, yeah, we took a stab at doing design stuff within the Clavio WYSIWYG editor, as well as doing JPEG designs, dropping those like Photoshop stuff and dropping it in. But eventually it got to the point as we started ramping up our product roadmap, launching more frequently, realizing my personal limitations as a graphic designer that we like, hey, we needed help. So we reached out to a company back then that was called Email Aptitude. They've been acquired since, and I'm not certain what their new name is. But anyhow, we, we lean on them a lot, and they, they helped us a ton with building out our frequency cadence as well as all our designs. Everything we did with them was all HTML-based, so I think that definitely helped with our delivery and inboxing. As a small, young company, having a partner like that was fantastic for really setting us up for success for email down the road. I think we worked with them for like two and a half or three years. And we've been doing it ourselves in-house now for the past year and a half or so. Nice. That's pretty great. I know having a graphic designer is is super helpful um, when it comes to all of those things. So Yeah, we, we're lucky that our, one of our co-founders is a, is a designer who's designed, you know, our website, iOS app, web app. Yeah, I, I certainly don't take it for granted. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Shifting back to email over here a little bit more. One of the things that you guys do, not you guys clean lists and stuff like that, but you also do a lot of segmentation as well. So I'd love to take a look and hear from you. What are some of those segments that are really big to like your overall email success? Like how much segmentation are you doing? What would you recommend to other businesses out there? Actually, when it comes to segmentation, we kind of break a lot of the best practices that are out there as far as generating content that's ideal for an individual user based upon whatever behavior in the past. We used to do a lot of that and it didn't really seem to move the needle for us. So as of late, we've basically been sending to our, like every, at least for campaigns, every single campaign goes to our entire active list. That said, some campaigns will omit people depending upon what the, the goal of the campaign is. An example here would be like, if we're doing a branding campaign, I'll admit anybody who's made a purchase in the last 30 days because they're already going through our post-purchase email flow. I don't need to hit them with an extra branding email. If it's a product launch, though, everybody gets it, that kind of stuff. Every now and again, though, I will do segmentation more just to get some audience insights. So if we're launching new straps for Apple Watch that just came out, what I'll do sometimes is I'll segment all my past Apple Watch strap buyers from all my iPhone case buyers, from all my AirPod case buyers. I'll send them all the same email, but I just want to see kind of what the engagement rates are like for each different audience to see, to gauge interest levels across different accessory channels, if you will. Like Apple Watch fans, I know are probably going to engage with that email really, really well if it's a new Apple Watch strap. AirPods people, maybe they don't like Apple Watch. I don't know, but let's find out. Do you guys ever take that approach before deciding to launch a product? So to test a specific product line or something like that and, you know, gauge um, engagement or interest in a specific vertical or product? Or do you guys just know the market so well that you just know it's going to work? We have a pretty good finger on the pulse of the market. But then also a lot of the stuff we design to make is stuff that we just want. <laughs> and so, you know, we design for us first and, and hopefully everyone else likes it too and more often than not, it works out pretty well. So I know you hit on the branding piece, and I think those are really interesting. I feel like, you know, even just looking at my own personal inbox, most of the emails that I get from consumer brands are just like, hey, here's something to kind of like sell you. Like, hey, add this to your car, or hey, we have this new product, or hey, we're having this sale. But you said you do a lot of branding stuff. So I'm really curious, like, first of all, like, I know you hit on a couple of those emails that you mentioned, like, you know, with people that are at working at Nomad. Are there anything else that you do in terms of like branding emails? And then my second question is kind of like, do you carry that through to the website or like, how does that work? Is it just like, so like I consume the email, I see the content there and like, that's my endpoint, Or is it like, hey, like I consume the content and maybe there's a link for more information and carry through the website. I'm just really curious. I get emails actually. What made me think of this is, I don't know if you're familiar with Apartment 2B, but I just ordered a new TV stand from there. And I think one thing they do is really cool is they have little guides for like different, like how you should style your living room and things like that, which carries through the website. So I'm just really curious to learn from your perspective, what you guys are doing there. Yeah. So initially, you know, with limited resources and stuff, it was just a branding email for the sake of a branding email. It went to the website, but didn't have any secondary content to go along with it. But about just over a year ago, we launched our blog, The Nomadic. We're putting out content there basically on a weekly basis. And the content that gets posted there will correlate to email sends depending upon what the schedule is looking like. So 
a good example there was we recently had our eight year anniversary last month. I don't know. Time flies right now in COVID times. So I'm not sure. I think it was last month. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we built out a really beautiful eight year anniversary email with like kind of protracted information, like little bullet points kind of, and, you know, really trying to drive people over to the website to learn more. And then we had a corresponding eight year anniversary landing page that had a ton of information about our journey. Talks about the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys of, you know, growing a small business and all that kind of stuff. So if people were interested, they could really dig into it further and learn a lot more about the brand. One of our kind of go-to branding emails nowadays is, you know, the latest from the Nomadic. We'll give like quick little blurbs from our four most recent blog posts, driving, you know, traffic to each of those posts for people to go check out. All the branding emails for the most part are definitely not sales oriented at all. But if they're getting driven over to the blog, there are some opportunities to, you know, browse products at the very bottom of the blog post, depending upon what the content is. Like if we're talking about adventures, you know, we'll throw some nomad gear at the bottom that makes sense to bring on your next hike or something like that. Other branding content we're looking to start doing that we actually have discussions about right now internally are more design ethos type content. And what I mean by that is like discussing the how and the why we settled upon the materials we decided to use. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to go overseas and walk into a factory and just pick something off the shelf and say, put my brand on this and call it a day. We don't do that. Everything we do is designed from the ground up in-house. That's like, you know, from the CAD drawings and stuff and conceptualization, but also like the materials we're using, you know, sourcing different plastics or different fabrics for our our straps or uh, leather, whatever it may be. And all those decisions we make have a pretty cool story behind them. It just takes time to develop it and tell that story to people. So like most of the leather we use is from a a factory in Chicago called the Holrein Tannery. And it's like the oldest tannery in the US. It's family owned. It's got a really awesome, cool story. So we want to like build out a whole landing page talking about the decision to use that leather, why we love it, how it changes over time and all that kind of stuff, which in turn would then be having a corresponding email built out for it that will be added to our welcome series. So for people that sign up to the Nomad list, they can learn more about all of our design decisions in conjunction with that blog post and hopefully some video content and stuff like that as well. That's really cool. You guys are really going all in on the branding effort and I love it because I think it's it's really cool because as a consumer, you're able to better connect with that and kind of like feel more integrated with the brand that, hey, this is not only just something I'm buying, but it's like part of my overall lifestyle, essentially. It builds brand affinity for sure. And it's one of those projects or it's a, it's a big undertaking to do. And it's something I, we've always been excited to try and do at Nomad. And just now we're finally at the point where we're like, okay, we have the bandwidth and the resources. Let's do this and do it right. Yeah, I mean, especially in the space that you guys are in, right? Like, this is something that now that you guys say you have the bandwidth, it's kind of like the leverage that you guys now have for having done that all throughout the journey for eight years. Now you're really that you have the audience. It only compounds from here as you sell that story more and more and get people behind the why. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, it's kind of been like an evolution. Now you're at that stage where you're really making a ton of effort towards the branding side um, and connecting that back to your emails. So not every business gets a chance to reach that point and not every business is at that point yet. So if you had to give some like recommendations in terms of what you should focus primarily, especially like on email, since that's what we've been talking about. And even if there's some other areas, because like you said, you've been doing it all kind of from the beginning and now you have a whole team. What kind of recommendations would you give? Like where, where should brands be prioritizing their efforts on email or even elsewhere? Yeah, that's a good question. There's so many blog posts out there about it, but like 
there's the basics you just got to do. You got to have a browse abandonment. You got to have a cart abandonment, at least for e-commerce businesses. You got to have some sort of list generation sign up, be it, you know, the overplayed popover type messaging, you know, sign up here and get 10% off. At the very least, something in the footer of the website. You just got to build that list as best you can. So that's like number one, build a list. Number two, make sure you have those evergreen campaigns or flows running in the background just to pick up as many extra conversions and dollars as you can. And then number three, like when it comes to putting out campaigns, be super cognizant of what's relevant to you and your audience. Don't put out content just for the sake of doing it, just because you're like, oh man, I haven't sent out an email in two weeks. I need to send something. Don't do that. Like make sure it, it makes sense and make, you know, it's something people are going to be into. You don't want to waste your customer's time with just random emails for the sake of it. You know, you want to keep them excited and engaged about the brand. You only have so many times that you can connect with them via email before they get annoyed or, or burnt out on you. So, so make it relevant. I think those are kind of like the foundational elements like you have to really keep in mind. And then as you grow, you know, you can look at start doing more cross promotion type stuff for this generation. You can look at just putting out more of that, that personalized brand storytelling type content as well. But for those of you that are out there and have like two SKUs and are, are struggling to figure out what to write and what to send, like I feel for you. I hope you were there and just keep up at it and, and you'll get there. Yeah, that's really helpful. Is there anything unique that you feel like Nomad kind of did at the beginning of that process, like even an email? Like obviously, like you mentioned those kind of like in the box, like standard emails that everyone needs, like card abandonment and, you know, you have your pop-ups and stuff like that. Is there anything that you guys did that might be a little bit different that maybe helped move the needle a little bit faster than other e-commerce brands? So we did lean very heavy on the popovers early on. We haven't done them really in the past few years now, but I mean, those from a marketing standpoint, as like overplayed as those may seem, they work really well with consumers. So I say, go for it. At the very least for like, if people are abandoning the site or something like that. Also, I'm sure Nomad had a lot less tools eight years ago than there are now to engage with with your list so if you guys were able to do it you know eight years ago there should be no excuse for any brands out there to not be active with their list yeah and then i, I think it always also always makes sense too to start trying to do cross promotions as soon as it's viable for you and your business be it just social based ones where you know five brands get together and give away a 500 dollars prize pack on instagram or the more in-depth ones using a tool like gleam or something or to set up a list generating type of campaign. We started doing those kind of at the very beginning, kind of before and right as brands started dabbling in that space. And it definitely helped a lot with growing our list. Of course, you're going to get a lot of not bad leads, but just unqualified leads out of it. So as long as you're doing list cleansing, as you're doing those types of campaigns, run as many as you can, you know, try to do one every couple months or something like that. That makes a lot of sense. And I've definitely seen other brands do that as well with the cross promotion stuff and it's great that you can kind of offer a little bit of insight on how you guys use it at the beginning. I got one other thing too, as far as like early steps for people that are new to email marketing or, or trying to step up their game, personalized content in the flows. So if you're sending people card abandonment emails, you know, you can send them like a, a really nicely pretty designed email, but then you can also send them a letter from the CEO being like, Hey, what's up? Like I saw you were looking at this product. Let me know if you have any questions. Just open the door for conversation with people with a, a real feeling email. We used to do those a lot. We still do them a lot and they're extremely successful. You'd be surprised about the number of responses you get from people too that are extremely insightful. Be it a product recommendation, be it a change to the website, be it a spelling error on the website. Just opening the door to having that kind of conversation with people is fantastic and extremely insightful. 
Yeah, especially when the conversation, what they reply with in the conversation, like their input, you let them know that their voice is heard and it's actually, you know, a North Star for where the company is heading. So we do it for even our own um, product roadmap. So once the, the consumer feels like they're also part of the decision-making process of the company, that's also a key factor to building a great brand. And like Jay said, I was going to talk a little bit more about the brand, but honestly, just like influencer marketing, you know, there's thousands of platforms out there and but you you can't say there's any less for iPhone cases and, and, and gadgets. So just basically the way that you guys explain how you do everything, it just makes total sense because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And you can tell just by the ways that you guys have built your content, even looking at your Instagram, clearly no post there was like, hey, it's Tuesday, we gotta get a post out the door. So pretty much that answers all my questions in terms of how you guys have built your brand. And I think it's it's a great success blueprint uh, for other brands to follow. Thank you. It's, it's been a fun journey to say the least. The team we have at Nomad has been you know, indispensable when it comes to building that brand experience. At times I, I get a little lackadaisical myself, but everyone else is always holding my feet to the fire, which is good because it, it helps solidify that brand experience for our customers at the end of the day. That's awesome. So I got a question to end it on over here. We've talked about all the stuff you guys are doing right now. And I think you touched a little bit about what might be coming on the pipeline, but I'm just going to go on straight up, ask it. What's next for Nomad? Like what's next for you guys? Working on Q4 Black Friday game plan right now, which is always a big one. Working on a big Women of Nomad initiative where we're doing a bunch of interviews with the ladies that work at Nomad talking about the products we're making and all that kind of stuff. I'm really excited for that one. We have quite a few more SKUs to drop before the end of the year. So keep an eye on our uh, email content there. And yeah, man, 2021, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to putting this year in the past. And (laughs) we got a lot of exciting things coming down the pike for everybody to check out. And yeah, we'll we'll see see how it all goes. But I'm I'm pumped for the rest of this year and into 2021. Ramon and I are probably also looking forward to 2021 as well. We feel like we still have a lot of stuff left to accomplish over here before the end of the year, for sure. That's definitely the truth there, but 2021 is going to be a great year. Well, Chuck, thanks so much for joining the podcast over here. Appreciate having you on here. Great talking about email marketing, a little bit about brand too. Before we go ahead and end this, I want to give you the opportunity. Um, if people are interested in maybe learning more or getting to your brand, buying products from you guys. You can give some extra information where they can find you if there's any other helpful links that you want to direct them towards. Yeah, for sure. So the website is nomadgoods.com. We're at nomad on Instagram, at nomadgoods on Twitter and Facebook. Tweet at us if you want to chat with me directly. I'm usually on Twitter all day for the Nomad account. If you have marketing specific questions, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn, Chuck Melber. And yeah, I think that's everything. Nomadgoods.com. Come check it out, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Charles. No, thank you guys. I really appreciate you taking the time today. It's great to chat. Yeah. Thanks, Chuck, for joining the podcast. Really appreciate you. For everyone listening, thanks for listening to the DTC pod, and we will see you next time.